This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, let's go to work. So we've been on this series that Pastor Evan introduced last week and did a wonderful job of introducing this new series called Thrive. Amen. How many are ready to thrive in your life? Praise God. And it was a, it was a great sermon, a great message. And uh, I also wanted to take just a quick moment to thank our pastor, Pastor Stormy, amen, for allowing us to preach from his pulpit today. I know that he doesn't consider it that. He knows it's the Lord's, but for lending it to us, we'll just say that, amen. And it's always a blessing when a uh, senior pastor allows us to do that. They trust us and they give us that confidence to say, hey, run with it, take a couple of weeks and see how it goes. And so we appreciate him for that tonight, amen. So we're, we're glad. Um, thrive is our, our series, and we're basing that out of John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you are continually enjoying good health just as your soul is prospering. Now, the word prosper, we know there, it means to grant prosperous and expeditious and is done with speed and efficiency, uh, and it's to lead direct and easy way. And so what this basically means is that God wants us to uh, prosper in everything that we do. Now, let me clarify something for y'all because a lot of people will say, well, Pastor Solomon, that's just a salutation. Well, it's a salutation that really describes the heart of God towards his people. Because the Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So it's the heart of God that we do prosper. It's a, the heart of God that we do have abundance, and it's the heart of God that we do have overflow, amen. That's God's heart. So when we see this salutation in, in 3 John, although it's a salutation, it's also the heart of God towards us. And I'm thankful that God thinks of us enough to say, hey, I want you to prosper in everything that you do. Praise God. And so last week we started the series on spiritual health, the portion of spiritual health. And one thing Pastor Evan did is he kind of compared the Christian walk to that of an athlete. And he said that number one, they have to exercise. How many of y'all like to exercise? Got a couple of hands. I do exercise, believe it or not, praise God, okay? But an athlete, I don't exercise like an athlete. I'm not an athlete or anything, but an athlete exercises. They have to choose to make time to go and exercise. It's not something that they just do randomly, right? It's not like, oh, I'm gonna park my car further away when I go to Walmart so that way I can get some exercise in. No, these are people that dedicate themselves to the gym and they go and they work hard, right? That's what an athlete is, someone that takes care of themselves in that way. Now, this is, this is interesting because Pastor Evan said, I wake up early in the morning and I read the Bible early in the morning. And I'm the complete opposite. I wait till all my family goes to sleep and that's when I read and that's when I study. So it doesn't really matter when you do it, what matters is that you do it. Does that make sense tonight? Okay. Number two, he said that they also have to eat healthy food. They have to be disciplined enough to eat healthy food. And so they have to say no to certain foods and abstain from those types of foods. Twinkies and candy bars and Oreo cookies. Panda Express, you know, all, all those good foods, right? <laughs> and one of, and one of the, the questions that he asked, the one, one of the things that he compared it to, which really touched my life, was how would you rate your obedience to God if you had to give yourself a grade? 
And I'll be honest, I didn't want to give myself a grade. I was like, I'm not even going to give myself a grade on that one. I just know I need to be more obedient, right? So that's a challenging question to us. And number three, he said they drink lots of water. And he compared water to that of the Holy Spirit. If you read scripture, you'll read several times in scripture where it does describe the Holy Spirit as water. And they had to have a lot of water, right? How many have like 10 bottles of water a day? How many have like one bottle of water a day? Sometimes I forget to drink water, right? When you're an athlete, you can't forget to drink water. You have to have it. Well, when you're a Christian, you can't forget about the Holy Spirit. You need it every day, and you need as much of it as you can get. Come on, somebody. All right? So we're going to go to work tonight. We're going to go into uh, the second portion of spiritual health. And in order to understand spiritual health, it is very important that we understand the difference between the soul of man and the spirit of man. Everybody say soul of man. And say spirit of man. Now when I say the word man, I'm talking about mankind, okay? I'm not just talking about men. So don't write an email to the church. <laughs> All right, we're good. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And I'm not going to take very long tonight because I'll get in trouble, praise God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So in this scripture, we see that there is a clear difference between the soul and the spirit. Now, before we move forward, I want to just mention something to you all real quick. There are times in scripture where the word of God will use the word heart versus the word soul. Or will use the word soul instead of the word spirit. Okay, that does happen in scripture from time to time. But if you read the context, you'll know which one it's referring to, okay? But in this, and what we're talking about today is to make a, a distinction between what lies in our soul and what lies in our spirit. And this is going to help you tonight. It's going to help you tonight. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And it says like this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Christ comes again. Again, we see that there is a distinction between the body, the soul, and the spirit of man. Y'all looking at me like, uh-oh, where's he going with this? Don't worry, it's going to help you. Now just remember this, that your spirit is not actually alive until you are born again. In other words, you are, your spirit is dead, and the word dead means that you are disconnected from God. But when you come to Christ, you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you are then made alive in Christ, and your spirit comes alive. Now we're going to get there tonight. Just move with me now. Now, the word spirit is the word pneuma in Greek. The word soul is the suke or psyche where we get the word psychology from. And the word, and the word body is the word soma. Now the body is the physical, everybody say physical. physical. All right, it's where we have our five senses, our touch, our smell, right? Our taste, what else? Hearing, what else? Right, all these things. It's where we have, uh, we, we have some needs, right? We have physical desires like food. How many like food, right? How many like, over here in Texas, y'all like Mexican food, man. 
every time we go to a Mexican restaurant, it is filled with people. Right? It's, it's like, man, y'all Texans love Mexican food. Everywhere there's Mexican food, but we like food. We need shelter. We need clothing, okay? These are physical needs, and that is what the body has. That's what the body desires. The soul, watch this. Look, this is going to help you. The soul consists of your emotions, your intellect, your will, and your conscience. In fact, the soul is even the dwelling place for most of the evil thoughts in our life. That's where it comes from. Now watch this. When a person is born, they are only able to function in the body and the soul. Because why? Their spirit is dead. Their spirit is disconnected from God. How did this happen? Well, we can thank Adam and Eve, right? When Adam was in the garden, the, watch this, when Adam was in the garden, the Bible says that God would come into the garden, he would walk with Adam, and Adam was naked. He had no shame before God. But as soon as he ate from the tree, when God came to look for him, the Bible says that he hid from God. Why? Because now he was operating in his soul, in his emotions. And now he knew that he was shameful before God. And just as human beings that we are, we are now born with this thing called the body, and we are now born with this thing called the soul. We also have a spirit, but we cannot operate in that spirit because that spirit is still dead because it's disconnected from God. And so that's why we are so emotional. We're emotional eaters. We're emotional buyers. Oh, come on, somebody. When I used to be in sales, they tell me, just hit them with the emotion stuff, and they'll buy like that. Right? You go, to a, you go to a car dealership and you're like, oh my God, the red Camaro. I need that one. You can't, we can't even afford the payment, but we're we going to get that red Camaro, right? Because we emotionally buy. Ugh. And that's why as humans, it's so difficult sometimes to even know whether we're, we can believe God or not. Because sometimes our emotions, we feel them, but you cannot feel your faith. Faith is not a feeling. Mm. So these emotions, that's what we have as human beings, right? That's the soul. But watch this. The spirit is where we get spiritual discernment. We get peace. We get revelation. It's where we communicate to God. It's where true ministry happens. And it's where the Holy Spirit resides. Now watch this. The spirit has a deeper discernment between right and wrong than that of the soul. Now, you may have good morals, but you're not always going to choose your morals. Ah, uh, How many have ever done something, you know it's wrong, but you still do it anyway? Never. Pastor said never. Y'all, come, come on now, right? We, we know something is wrong because our soul says it's wrong, but we still do it anyway because that is morals. But the Spirit of God, when you, are, when you are active or the Spirit of God is active in you, you have a deeper sense of dis discernment beyond what the soul can recognize as good and evil. Because sometimes things that present themselves, they look like good, but they're really evil. And just because something looks like truth doesn't mean it's actually truth. Just, oh, let me take it like this. Just because he says he loves you doesn't mean he loves you, honey. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me tonight. Just because she says she loves you doesn't mean that she loves you. 
Just because the church over there looks like a good church doesn't mean it's the right church. Y'all don't want to hear me tonight. Now listen, I'm going to say this about our church. We might not be the best church in Lubbock, but we are the best church for Lubbock. Come on now, right? I'm going to say that. And I'm not being prideful. I'm just making a statement. Praise God. Watch this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. Have you ever been testifying to one of your friends and your friends are telling, your friends are telling you, that sounds dumb. That is crazy. Anybody ever been there? You crazy, Solomon. That ain't going to happen. Jesus ain't coming back. You really believe all that foolishness? Yeah. Because they're operating in soul. Somebody say soul. Watch this. To them that can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Are you following me tonight? All right. So number two, how, how does one walk in the spirit? How do we walk in the spirit? Number one, we must be born again. John chapter 3 and verse 6. We'll go there for a minute. John chapter 3 and verse 6 says, Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is King Jesus talking. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can explain how people are born of the Spirit. Mm. You must be born again. Our spirit that is born again can communicate to God. Mm. Come on now. Watch this. The same spirit must lead and guide your soul and body. The greatest reason that there is a falling away in this generation is because we've learned to follow our emotions and not the spirit of God. We are emotional beings. Well, brother, I feel sad, so therefore I'm going to be sad. Therefore, I'm going to call myself sad. Ah. Well, I feel like I'm in love. Come on now. I, I, I feel like this, or I feel like that, so therefore, I'm going to call myself that. But as Pastor was, was saying to us, just because you, you think you're a certain way, that's not what God is calling you. That's not what the, the identity of God is trying to give you, right? You might feel like a failure, but God is saying you're not a failure. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. Okay? So... When you are born again, this same spirit leads you and guides your soul. It teaches us how to act and how to operate within, watch this, the will of God. Not our will. God's will. Your emotions, your intellect, your desires need to be guided by your spirit and how it lives in the world. So it's not my emotions or my soul or my body that dictates how I live and operate in this world. It's the spirit of God that lives in me that dictates how I walk and live and talk and act in this world. 
Let me say it like this. It's not so much, a lot of people say, well, it's what's in me that's great. No, no, no. It's not what's in you. It's who's in you. It's not because what's in you that you can do all things. It's who's in you that you can do all things. I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me, right? It's about who's in you. Mm. And that who is the Holy Spirit which teaches us and guides us. But that voice has to be louder than that of our emotions. Now, I've always heard it like this. If you put a white dog versus a black dog to fight, which one do you think would win? Anybody? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> the reality is, the one that was fed the best, trained the best, you gave it the best treatment, that is the animal that would win, right? In other words, whatever you feed in your life is going to have the strongest voice in your life. The more you feed your emotions, the stronger your soul becomes and the quieter your spirit becomes. The more you miss church, the stronger your soul becomes. Mm. But the more you come into the house of God, the more you read the word of God, the more you get into that worship music at home, the stronger your spirit becomes, the louder the voice of the Holy Spirit becomes. And so when you are faced with the temptation, when you are faced with something that discourages you, it's all right because the Holy Spirit's voice is stronger than that of my emotions and my soul. You must be born again. All right, let's keep going. Watch this. Number two, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26 says it like this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. There was a time, I never understood the scripture, but there was a time when I was in high school, about five years ago. Yeah, somebody say, yeah. <laughs> I was in high school, and I had an 84 Chevy truck, and we couldn't get the carburetor to work right, my dad and I. And as I was driving to school one day, I remember pulling up to the light, and the choke was stuck on it as I left home. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, some of you don't, but either way, I got to this light, we couldn't get the truck to run right. And I remember it was a red light, and the light turned green. And I was late to school, as sometimes I am. And so I decided to, you know, step on the gas pretty heavily. And the truck didn't move. And I kept stomping on the gas saying, man, come on, truck, let's go. I might have said some other unholy words, but I was like, come on, truck. All right? Didn't want to move. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this car just zoomed past that red light. So my light was green. Their light was red. They ran the red light. And I looked at myself. And, and they were coming this way. I'm sorry. They were coming this way. So if I would have gone, they would have hit me. And I would probably have died. And I remember going home to my mom and saying, man, mom, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. I told her the story. And she says, well, that's because the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. 
That's because that delay meant that you still have purpose. Oh, come on, somebody. So the Holy Spirit is already going in front of us, making intercession for us, saying, hey, it's going to be all right. Now watch this. Check this out. Most believers, and we were talking a little bit about this, most believers want to feel the Spirit in a natural and physical way. However, you cannot feel the Spirit of God. Well, what about when I come to church and I cry? Am I not feeling the Spirit of God? No. The Spirit of God is working in you, and because we're human, we have no other way to respond to that Spirit but to cry. Mm. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Because it's deeper than that. It's greater than that. God is a constant. God will always be there. He doesn't get to not be there because he don't feel like it. Mm. He shows up regardless. Ah. He has to. He has to. Watch this. Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. I'm going to give you some good stuff here. Don't worry, I'm looking at my time. I'm going to let you go on time tonight, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 2, one of my favorite scriptures. Don't copy. Everybody say copy. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Ah, this is so good. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be transformed. What does the word transform mean there? In the Greek, it means metamorphico, which is metamorphosis, which means the butterfly, the whole butterfly thing when they go into the cocoon and it takes time. Listen, this Christian walk takes time. It takes time, right? They get put into this cocoon and that butterfly goes in as an ugly caterpillar. I think caterpillars are ugly. They freak me out. But you put it into that cocoon, then it comes out as this beautiful butterfly. I was, I was going to do another move, but I won't do it because then not. people will be texting me later on. It's an inside joke for somebody else. You know, but they come out as this beautiful butterfly because they go to this, through this process called metamorphosis. And that's what God wants us to go through, through a process of metamorphosis in where we change our thinking. Because when you first came to Christ, when you got off on Friday and you got that paycheck, the first thing that that 10% went to was to the alcohol, was to the drugs, was to the club. But now that you're in Christ, your thinking is different, and you know that that 10%, you want to give it to the kingdom so you can sow, so you can then be blessed. And then because you're blessed, you get to bless more, and then other people get to get blessed. Because you're changing your thinking. Now watch this. When you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, you are able to renew your mind. Renewing your mind is really like God's filter. Everybody say God's filter. God's filter. And I'm not talking about one of those Instagram or Facebook filters. No, no, I'm talking about one of those good old-fashioned filters that says this in your life. It says, that is not the will of God, but this is. Look at what it says here. It says this, look, it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Everybody say for me. So when you renew your mind, when you transform your mind, you're able to know God's will for your life. It's very difficult sometimes when you're serving God to know what his will is. Amen? Like, man, I don't know if this is your will, God. I don't know if that new job is your will or not. 
I don't know if this person is, is your will or not. I don't know if this is your will or not. But God is able to say, you know what? This is my will. And when you renew your mind, you're able to discern it quicker. This is the will of God. Let me take it a little further. When sickness comes to your life, you're able to say, that is not the will of God for my life. Mm. When poverty comes, you can say, that is not the will of God for my life. When defeat tries to come and attack you, you say, that is not the will of God for my life. When, when, when depression comes and attacks you and say, oh, you're going to be depressed. Uh-uh, honey. That is not the will of God for my life. Because you're able to discern what the will of God is for your life. When you renew your mind. How do we renew our mind? We read our word. How many love the word of God? All right. Watch this. I'm going to give you one, one more thing here in that. It also allows you to set boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. Got to learn how to set boundaries as believers. Mm. How many know it's okay to have secular friends? Y'all like, some of y'all didn't even want to raise your hand on that one. You're like, don't worry, I can't see past these lights. So I can't. <laughs> it's okay to have secular friends. It's not okay to participate in everything that they do. Boundaries, right? Okay. Now watch this. Lastly, I'm going to give you one. I'm, I'm going to be very blunt with this one. Don't trust your feelings. We're talking about walking in the spirit. Don't trust your feelings. Watch this. James chapter 1 and verse 23. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. How many looked at the mirror before you came to church? Oh, I know I did. Right? I, looked at, I looked a couple of times, so I was like, man, I want to cover that bald spot right there. Try to just get the hairspray just right. My kids keep telling me, you just need to shave your head, Dad. You're going bald anyway. I'm like, easy for you to say, full head of hair. Sheesh. Right? I'm trying to stay young. Right? But watch this, verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. The Bible is a perfect mirror. It shows the truth of our souls and our spirit. When you read the word, it begins to reveal to you who you are. It begins to show you things that, man, I didn't even know that was there still. I thought I'd forgive them a long time ago. Still there. Mm, come on, somebody. Watch this. We would never walk away from a mirror when you're looking into a mirror, I always, this is what I do. This is my personal routine. Share it with y'all. Comb my hair, look this way, kind of do my head like that, make sure I get the hairs in the back, right? I don't just go like this with the brush. Oh, I feel like it looks good. No one does that. And some of y'all ladies on the way to church, you're like, makeup, you know, fixing your hair, brushing your teeth with those little Colgate things, right? All that good stuff. Looking at all, and that's all fine. But you, you, you wouldn't do that. Now, now, we can't do that with the word either. We can't just follow our feelings. Well, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. Mm. That's a very dangerous statement. Because your feelings could feel really good. And it doesn't always feel good to do the right thing in that moment. It doesn't always feel good to do the right thing in that moment. But when you trust your feelings versus trusting God, you're trusting the soul. And although there is a moral compass in your soul, it's not as strong 
as the spirit of God that lies in your life. Or that resides in your life. Okay? So let's keep going right here. Watch this. You cannot trust your feelings. You must look carefully. In the same regard, we must not trust our feelings, but trust God's perfect word. His word is perfect. How many know that tonight? His word is perfect. Now watch this. Everybody say church attendance. All right, let's make sure you're still awake. Church attendance, serving, reading the word, praying are all discipline that require us to deny our feelings and trust God. How many of y'all sometimes don't feel like coming to church? I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like, man, I get home and I'm like, whew. Tell my wife, I don't know, I'm feeling pretty tired today. <laughs> don't know how I'm going to make it to church today. And she's like, well, you got to be there. You better be there, right? I say, you got to be there too. And, and sometimes you have to deny your feelings or else you'd miss out on the blessing that God has for your life. Don't miss out because your feelings say you feel tired, you feel lonely, you feel this. Man, shake it off and say, I'm getting to the house. Especially when you're going through the hard times of life. Especially when you're going through the hard moments of life. When you're going through something hard, the first place you should be at is in the house. Get into the house. There's no better place than to be in the house of the Lord. Well, I don't feel like serving, so I'm not going to serve. Mm, following those feelings again. Come on now. Man, I feel like I'm preaching pastoral today. Sorry, pastor. Gosh. Praise God. Watch that. We've got to follow God's perfect word, okay? Can't trust our feelings. Now watch this. I'm going to give you some stuff. Number three is how do you know that you're uh, spiritually healthy or you're healthy spiritually? How do we know this? I would like you all to read James chapter 1. We're not going to read it tonight because it's a long, long chapter. But James chapter 1 really gives us some good insight as to how we are to know whether we're spiritually healthy. Are you ready for this? And all these are actually on the Bible app. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. I skipped it. But if you haven't downloaded the Bible app, download the Bible app, go under events, select our church, and you'll see the teaching all there, okay? If, you haven't, if you're not taking notes or if you want to see the notes later on. James chapter 1, verse 12, verse 2 and through 12, it talks about how we deal with the trials of life. Anybody ever gone through some trials in life? You go through trials of life. The healthy believer, watch this. I'll give you some good stuff. The healthy believer rejoices not in the trial because how many man I, I, people say oh man you ought to be dancing in the middle of your trial man do you know what I'm going through I'm going through some hell right now and I've been through some stuff I've been through some trials if I had time to tell you my story I'd tell you the entire thing but we'd be here for like 10 hours I've been through some things in my life where when I got to church, I didn't feel like being there. I was mad at the person that was preaching. I hated God. Mm. And then people were like, oh, you should be rejoicing in the midst of your trial. And I was like, Pshh. But it's going to be hard sometimes in life, and you're going to face trials. But watch this. We don't rejoice in the trial, but we rejoice at the fruit that this trial is going to produce. Ah, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm, better than, I'm in a better place than I was yesterday, and I'm excited about where I'm going tomorrow. So I'm going to rejoice in where I'm going tomorrow. A healthy believer 
rejoices in the fruit that trials and tribulations produce. Your faith, you rejoice that your faith is persevering and it's growing. Somebody say growing. Watch this. Healthy believers, their academic knowledge of God matches their experience of God. Some of us know God academically, but we don't know him in the experience part. Mm. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Solomon? You know all the right scriptures, but you've actually never lived the right scriptures. Well, I know that the scripture says this, but you've never been through anything. You see, you'll never know God as a healer if you've never been sick. You've never, you'll never know God as the deliverer if you've never been bound. You'll never know God as, as the provider if you've never had anything, and then all of a sudden you have something to eat. You get what I'm saying tonight? Your experience has to match your academic knowledge of God. And healthy believers have that. That's why when you're going through a trial, just know that, man, oh, shh, what pastor taught me, what pastor showed us that last week, I know that I can use that today. You get what I'm saying? That's why it's important we come to church. I'm real big on church attendance, family. The healthy believer asks God for wisdom in the middle of trials. He asks God for wisdom. Sometimes that wisdom comes in the form of the word of God, and sometimes that wisdom comes in the form of our pastor. When pastor gives me advice, I take it. He gives me advice, I don't say, oh, well, I'm gonna go ask this other pastor, see if it's the same thing. If you ask your pastor for advice, then you go ask four other pastors for advice, then maybe he's not your pastor. Okay? A healthy believer asks and believes, watch this, that when they ask for an answer, they will receive one, even if it's not the answer they wanted. Be like, well, God hasn't answered my prayer yet. Oh, he answered like 10 years ago. <laughs> he just said no. <laughs> you don't want to hear me tonight. All right, I'm gonna close with these last two right here. Number one, how do we deal with trials? That determines if we're a healthy believer. How do we deal with temptation? Healthy believers resist temptation because they know that they will be convicted if they sin. But also, when they resist temptation, they are blessed. And the Bible says in the book of James that they will be given the crown of life. Healthy believers know that God does not tempt us because God cannot be tempted by evil and he tempts no man. Healthy believers know that the temptation starts with the desires then it goes up to deception and then into disobedience and lastly sin. And that's when we experience the disconnection from God. But healthy believers know that after they sin, they must confess and repent and ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. Lastly, how do we deal with the truth? Healthy believers are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How many sometimes when pastors preach and you're just like, man, I really don't want to hear that word today? Anybody? I, when sometimes the pastor's preaching, he's bringing it hard. I'm like, oh, man, that's just, I'm like, please stop saying that, pastor. That's me. Stop calling me out like that, pastor, right? Because, but we got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Healthy believers keep the focus on them when receiving truth from someone. Mm. Lastly, healthy believers do not become angry even when the truth is not what they want to hear. How many are glad you came to church tonight? All right, let's stand to our feet. Real quick, Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for the speaking of your word. We thank you that your word is anointed. We thank you, God, that you've done a mighty work in this house tonight. 
We ask that this seed of the word would be planted into the fibers of our heart and it would bring forth fruit for your honor and for your glory this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.